But I want to talk about how to get a positive expectation in life no matter what you're facing. And sometimes people don't have a positive expectation, but they can have one. And it is God's design for you to have a positive expectation about whatever situation you face in life. Not a negative one, a positive one. You know, the Bible said, if God be for you, who can be against you? Or you could say, what can be against you? So that in itself, you know, from Hebrews would be positive. He can help me. This can change. Uh, I, this can get better, whatever it is. But he wants you and I, no matter what, to have a positive expectation. Not just I want to have a good attitude. A good attitude is good. But he wants you to have an outlook that's based on something he said. There's a big difference between having a positive outlook and having a positive, positive expectation based on what he said. You know, I could always be cheerful and just keep getting beat up, you know, in life. Or I can have a positive expectation based on what he said, that you're the head and not the tail. And if I believe that, then I can rise up above and stand in my place. That's a positive expectation. That's something from him. That's what he wants you to know. Amen? You, I mean, he wants you to know that. And, and, and he can give you a positive expectation in the most unlikely situations in the darkest times of life. It doesn't just have to be in the good times when, when he places something in your heart that's positive. It can be real dark. And so if you will, Acts 20, uh, 27, these people right here were in a dark time. They actually got there by not obeying God. And see, some people get where they get because they're not obeying God. And then they think, because I haven't obeyed God, then that's the end of it. I'm just stuck now. Well, no, because people disobey God, but that doesn't make you stuck. What makes you stuck is not changing. But you don't have to be stuck. And it doesn't mean then from that time forward, life is hopeless and there's not going to be anything good. You know, I mean, if people have that mentality, and if you read the Bible and they had that mentality, it would not be good. Could you imagine Peter's first sermon? He's the first person ever to preach a message in, 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 in the New Testament, in the church. Jesus died. Right before he died, he denied the Lord. Then he denied the Lord again. And then the third time when he denied him, it said he cussed. So you could say a preacher cussed. And then, then you know, he wept and he was bummed out and he repented. The Lord spoke to him. And then the Lord had him preach the first message. The Spirit of God came on him, and God started moving. And you can read what he said in the book of Acts. But some people wouldn't have preached like he preached. They would have got up and said, you know, I'm not worthy. I do a lot of stupid stuff. I don't even know if the Lord wants to use me or not. You know, well, he'd like to save you. 
I don't even know if I could do this right now. You know, I don't know if you know, but I cussed the other day. I don't even know if the Lord wants to use me right now. He didn't even mention any of that. You with me? Now we think that now it sounds stupid, but that may be the way people do it today. You with me? It's no different, just different time. He didn't bring it up. And the disciples weren't all there, John. You know, and some of the other ones, he he I don't know, he thinks he's anointed or something. He was cussing the other day. Oh, he just turned his back on the Lord. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll kill somebody for you. And next thing you know, he's denying the Lord. It doesn't say anybody condemned him. And he didn't get up and just bad, and bad mouth himself. You with me? God can give you hope in a bad place. And it's not like, okay, I'm going to give you hope and just feel condemned the whole time. Okay, the Lord's going to help me, but I'm just so unworthy. No, he'll cleanse you by his blood. That's, that's part of his business. You with me? That's what he's in business for, you know? By the precious blood, he bought you, he washes and keeps you clean. That's part of his business. You never gone someplace in a place that we don't, we don't, we don't sell that anymore here. Well, it hadn't been 2,000 years and things have changed enough and you go to the Lord and he's like, well, I don't sell that here anymore. We don't give that away. We don't, we don't wash people anymore so they're just not guilty. No, it's the same thing, same business. So when he gives hope, it's for a bright future. You with me? So that in the middle of trouble, you can know things can change. And so here in Acts 27... We see where uh, a situation like this, they, they did not obey, they did not do what, what God was leading them to do, and they needed hope because now hope's gone. Life's getting worse and worse and worse, and he told them it would get worse. And when this situation came, he didn't say, well, I told you it was going to get worse. <laughs> this will just teach you. We should still love people when they do dumb things. But if they keep doing it, it's going to get worse. But they can change. And God will help them. And God has hope for them. And you and me. Well, my thing wasn't as dumb. Dumb is dumb. You know what I mean? Sin is sin. Well, my sin was, you know, some sins are not even seen. And they can be worse than some of the ones that are seen. Because even when God chose the person to rule over Israel, he looked and, and the prophet was there because people who know God don't know everything, even if they're used. And he stood before and went, okay, Lord, is this a person? You know, he told the guy, bring all your kids out. God's going to pick somebody. He knew it. He'd had a word from God. Some people think everybody, you should know everything. He didn't even know. He said, bring the kids. So he's thinking, 
here it is, here's the kid, here's, no, no, okay, go to the next one, no. And then he's, oh, this one's good looking, this must be it. And the Lord said, nope, I've rejected him. What? He said, he said, you're looking at the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. He's not the one I chose. So heart things can be things, the motives that we hide and stuff like that that nobody else knows. And we look pretty. God looks at motives too. Are you with me? I mean, he even got done with all of them. He said, and the Lord said no to all of them. And he's like, huh? Do you have any other kids? He goes, well, yeah. Not even the father thought much. His own father thought enough about him to get him in the pack. But God will pick. But what I was saying is this. God looks at our heart, too. So don't just think, well, those people are so bad. You know, they did this, they did that. Motives are important, too. Our own motives we need to keep in check. You with me? <laughs> and just not be ill with our motives. You with me? Acts 27. So these guys are in this place. They've got there. And they... they they would not do what, what was commanded them, what this person knew in the Lord. They got into trouble. Acts 27, 20, uh, they're in a ship, there's a storm, and it is a bad storm, and it's progressively just pounding and getting worse and worse to the point they're, they're, they're all, sailors and all, thinking we're dead. Verse 20, it says, Now... When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest beat on us. This wasn't just little, every now and little and big. It, there was no small. It was all big. It beat on us. All hope that we should be saved was finally given up. You know, sometimes people can take a small beating in life, and they don't give up. But sometimes when... No small storm is there, and it's a big one beating on people. Uh, you know, they can get to the point where they can get riled, and they can think, I'm just going to give up. And they got to this place. They said, we're, we're just going to give up. All hope was gone. In other words, all hope or positive expectation was over. They basically had resolved to the fact we're dead. You know, you ever hear those stories about somebody getting saved, you know, or, or you know, getting a car accident, they ride in the ground, I love you, and this, you know, as they think they're going to die, and then they're rescued. And the rescuers find them, bring them, you know, the hospital, take care of them, whatever, and they survive, but they had written in the ground, mom, dad, Larry, Fred, whoever, I love you, you know, because they thought all hope's gone. And they thought all hope was gone. Boy, if we left now, we'd all be like, oh. But notice this. Because they finally gave up. Verse 21. But, man, aren't you glad? It didn't go on to another story. I just got beat up hearing that. Maybe that was enough to put you over the edge. You've been being beat. No. Listen, but after long abstinence, 
from food. Then Paul stood in the midst of them and said. So Paul has been apart from them. He comes back into their presence and he said, men, should have listened to me. I had some direction from God. I think we could all look back and go, I've had some direction from God. The best thing you can do when you've had some direction from God and you're still able is go do it. Go do it. They were no longer able to do what he said. They were so far removed from it, they couldn't even do it. So now he said, you should have listened to me. You should have listened. That helps us so that we know in the future we should listen. Especially if God's going to give you hope, you're going to need to listen. Because you can't say, okay, he's going to give us instruction. Because the hope they were about to get was some more instruction. The hope they had for the future in the past was instruction. And they said, no, it looks good like this. And man, it got out of control, and now they're in trouble. So he said, you should have listened to me. Not just to rub it in. You know, when we were little, when we trained animals, you know, if we had a little cat or something, we poop in the house. Mom, mom or dad grabbed the cat nicely for the animal lovers go take its nose and go you know no that's not what he's doing here <laughs> come here i'm going to stick your nose in it all you told you you should have listened to me yeah <laughs> poop on their nose and they're like okay we'll listen now no it wasn't that he was trying to say you should have listened that would have saved us in other words, listening and obeying is important. I'm about to say something again that you need to listen and do. This will help you. He's getting them some hope. Because they've lost all hope. They didn't even have to come to this place. If they would have done what they were supposed to do in the first place, now they can't even, they can't, they can't remedy it. Because they weren't even supposed to sail. They can't remedy it, but there is a remedy for the future. So always the remedy for the future, no matter the past, is now obey. If you can fix it by obeying, do it. If not, you're going to need something new. You with me? And so here they are. And he stood in the midst and he said, man, you should have listened to me. And then he walked back downstairs. No. And not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. He's saying the reason we're here is we didn't obey. But he wasn't going to leave them there. He wanted them to now obey. And he said, and now I urge you to take heart. That was the first thing. Or be encouraged. Well, just saying be encouraged doesn't always help. Hey, be encouraged. <laughs> yeah, but the house is still on fire. Well, be encouraged. That's having a positive attitude. No, no, no. 
Yeah, the house is on fire. I'm stuck. Can you help? No, just be encouraged. No, he, that's, we're not talking just be have a positive attitude. We're talking about getting something from God that would bring courage to somebody. And so he said, and now I urge you to take heart or be encouraged for there will be no loss of life. In other words, he's given them another word. There's not going to be any loss of life among you, but only of the ship. So the ship is going to be lost. And then verse 23, for there stood by me uh, this night an angel of the God to whom I belong. Man, aren't you glad to know people who belong to God? You're one of those people if you're saved. You belong to God. Think of what you have to offer the world. Because there might be some people in the world, and they're not even around somebody who belongs to God. They're just a, a bunch of dead spiritual people. But if you're around some, you belong to God. You have some hope for them. These people here, man, this would have been their death had it not been for him. He said, I know God, and he, I belong to him. And not only do I belong to him, he sent an angel to me. And so this angel came and he said, he's the God I belong to. And he said, and I serve him. And then verse 24 saying, this is what he said, do not be afraid. Paul the apostle had to be told, don't be afraid. He said, now listen, don't you be afraid. He said, for you must be brought before Caesar. Now, this is interesting here. Right in the middle of a problem, right in the middle of a situation, God tells him about his future way down the road. Peculiar, but interesting. Paul must be thinking, if he's telling me, listen, you're going to be doing this in the future... And everybody else is saying, we're dying here pretty quick. You with me? It's important to pay attention to what God says. Because one thing says this, God's saying, hey, all the circumstances are saying something else. But not only that, he said, and indeed, God has granted you all, or I'm sorry, God indeed has granted you all those who sail with you. In other words, God's granted you to me. In other words, I was praying, I was talking, the angel said, now you're going to make it because you're going to be doing this here, but also all the people. All the people. The ship's going to be lost. But everybody who now has no hope has hope. Verse 25. Therefore, take heart or be encouraged, men, for I believe God, that it will be just as it was told me. However, we must run aground on a certain island and so on and so forth. But it's interesting. He had some instruction of what to do. And part of the instruction was, we've got to stay together. Nobody can get out on their own. What happened was, 
some of the guards on the ship and the soldiers there, there was a skiff there, you know, a little lifeboat, and they kind of made pretense, like, we're going to, if you read the story, we're going to go fix this and do this, and they lowered it down. They're about to jump in and bail to the land by themselves. And, and Paul said, if you don't stay with us, you can't live. Now remember, he was given instruction, you've got to obey now, because this will be your remedy. And so they just said, all right, and those, you know, they had lowered the skiff down, it said they cut it free and let it go. And sometimes you have to cut your skiff loose and let it go. In other words, no going back. In other words, get rid of that thing that makes you want to exit from obeying God. Get it away, do what you got to do, because there was no opportunity after that. Sometimes people leave something just close enough they can jump in. And then and, and he said, no, no. If you go that way, you're dead. And they had already lost hope. Now he's giving them hope, and they're thinking, hey, cool. And he said, no, you got to obey God. So they cut that loose, no exit. They're sticking the course now. Sometimes we just have to cut things loose in our mentality and the way we think and go, this is it. This is what I'm going to do, and this is the way I'm going to go, and that's it. And I'm staying the course. But they got hope. He got hope. And if you think about it, man, can we get hope like that for the future? Well, somebody might say, I've never had an angel appear to me. I've never had the Lord appear to me. There is a way to get hope. Mark 5, there was a woman who had an incurable disease. And, and for years and years and years and years and years and years and years, and she just kept getting worse and worse and worse. But it said when she heard about Jesus, she had heard from different people that knew about the Lord and knew what the Lord could do. She heard from them. She got hope. That if she would just go after him and she'd trust him, her whole body would change. And so she did. She, she put everything aside and started going off that word she got from people who knew something about him and had seen what he had been doing. But, you know, sometimes people think, man, I, I, you know, I need a word. And some people want an angel. Turn, turn, turn with me to 2 Peter. <clears throat> Verse, uh, 2 Peter 1. Because sometimes people, you know, and maybe it's just us, you know, we think of it different. But maybe God looks at this a little different. You know, we think, man, if I could have an angel that, that appear to me and just tell me something, that, that would fix it right there. That, that would help me enough. That would be all I need, or if I, you know, and, and I do believe God could send an angel to you, or Jesus could appear to you, or you could have a vision, or, or, or maybe more common, he could deal with your heart about something, but there are other ways. There might be even a better way, but sometimes I think we look at the other ways and say they're the better way, and then the way God says is the better way, or the more sure way. 
Right here in 2 Peter, I'm going to read it in the King James instead of the New King James. 2 Peter 1.17 says, For he received from God the Father honor and glory when he came, when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. Now I'm going to stop right there and pick that back up. This is the time when Peter was up on top of this mountain with a couple of the disciples and, a, and Jesus got transfigured in front of him he just started turning like glowing white like an angel and they're watching him and all of a sudden this glorious power the glory of God came over like a cloud and then God spoke and said this is my beloved son and there was a there were a couple of saints you know that had gone on that appeared and talked to him I mean they're watching this go down and so he has personal reference to hearing the voice of God, to seeing a vision, just like Paul. And he said, you know, he was up on this glorious mountain and heard this. And it said, and this is what he heard. This is my beloved son, right there in back, picking it back up. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him on the holy mountain. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. We have a more sure word than just that vision, that glory, what we heard audibly. We have a more sure word. We have something more steady. And he said it was called a word of prophecy. But what is this prophecy? Whereunto, he said, you do well to take heed or listen up. As unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the, and the day star rises in your heart. Knowing this, that no prophecy of Scripture. So what's he, what prophecy is he talking about? He's talking about the inspired word of God. He said no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation or literally any private origin. And then as you read on, it says, it never came by the will of man, it came through God. In other words, it's of no private origin. In other words, it's just not made up. It's not just written, it's given by prophecy, or it was inspired by God. He said, it's more sure than any other word you hear from God. So that tells us a couple things. We can go to the Word and have something more sure than an audible voice. And we can know that this is the pinnacle for knowing things from God through His Word. And it's as good as prophecy, but more sure. It's inspired like prophecy or a voice or a dealing but it's more sure. It's a fixed thing. Because you'll hear some people say, well, the Lord wanted me to go do that. And you go, that doesn't line up with this. But I'll tell you what, we really can hear from God as believers. And we can know stuff from Him apart from this Word, but it will never conflict with the Word and go against it. You with me? Because the one who inspired this Word is the one who will deal with you. But this is the primary place we go for hope and a positive expectation or outlook on life. I mean, if you don't have a positive outlook on life, you're going to have to get it through the Word or by His Spirit. Your marriage can be good. Your home life can be good. 
Your health can be good. Your mentality can be good. Things can get better. I mean, you can be more effective in all kinds of things, spiritually, in life, whatever it is, but you need hope. What is hope? It's a positive expectation. It's a way that says this can be better and it can be better now and God will help you. And he'll give it to you through his word. He wants this for you. He desires this for you. Even if you're the one who said, no, nah, we're sailing. And you should have listened. I mean, isn't it cool that he came back and said, now listen. Even those sailors who agreed and said, let's sail. He had to challenge them after he gave the word. Because they started to not listen again. And to go their own little way. And get that little ship and act like they're doing something else. Isn't it interesting when people sin, sometimes they act like they're doing something else. What are you doing in there? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Why? You know, you're hiding whatever. You with me? And he said, well, we're just uh, thinking, tying the something, doing it here. What? We're busy. And it, you read the story, they were actually doing that. They were by the guise of something else, and they're lowering the ship. And he said, no. And it's interesting how they had just disobeyed God in this horrendous situation. They get hope, and they're about to disobey again. He said, uh-uh-uh. Sometimes you need to grab the back of your shirt collar and go, uh-uh. No, no, no. Don't feel bad. Just don't do it. You with me? And so we can go to the Word for hope. We can get hope out of the Word. But, you know, There are different ways to go, and in times, different people have gone to the Word, and they've done this when they've gone to the Word. They th you know, when you say they go to the Word, they think, they think, you know, it means take the Bible and open it, and the first thing you put your finger on, you go, you know, that, that's what he said right there. This is it. You know, you ever heard that? Just, just open it up, first thing you put your finger on. Man, if you're in the middle of a fire, that might not be the best thing. You know what I mean? You know, in the middle of trials and stuff like that, and you open it up, and you're at the prison scene where Paul's in prison, and the guy says, you know, and he drew out his sword to kill himself. You're like, ooh, I don't like that. No, I'm not. I do feel bad, but not that bad. You know, and then you go find this other guy where he fell on his sword, and you're like, oh, no. There's got to be a better way than doing that. You know, I heard a story about a minister. He's now gone to go with, to be with the Lord, and he had a burden to pray one day when he was driving in the car. His sister was out of her mind, and he had been praying. He had this burden to pray for, and on the inside, he knew, and his sister's name was Mary. He, the Lord started dealing with him. It, it, Mary will be delivered, and I want you to go pray for her. Well, so he had prayed, and he was like, glory to God, and he knew she was out of her mind, she just totally out of her mind. So, so he had a child that was about to be born in a couple or a few days, and, and so he had this word, man, from God. 
And, and so he, he said, this is going to be awesome. He told his wife, you know, I'm going to go down. Uh, I'm going to go pray for Mary, and, and the Lord's going to deliver her. And, and so he has this word. So he's thinking, great, you know, wait until after the baby's born. So he's thinking, I'm going to literally leave the day after the baby's born, drive down to where my sister is. I'm going to pray for her, and she's going to be delivered because the Lord has given me this word. So now it's been a couple or a few days, not weeks and months, but all of a sudden he starts questioning this word that he heard from the Lord. Did God say this? And he's questioning, oh man, did you say? Because, hey, good people can question things because the enemy's going to try to blur things. Good people, let alone bad people. It don't matter who you are, red and yellow, black and white. The devil don't care. He, he's going to try everything to everybody. He'll try to t rob hope from Jesus, and he'll rob hope from his cousin. I mean, the devil don't care. And so this guy is there praying, and he said, Lord, I need a word. And he literally did this. He did this. He opened up his Bible. He just said, I just need a word. And he went like this. And he read the place, and it said, he said, I, I just need a word. Now, I'm not saying do this, but he opened up the Bible, and it fell into the Gospels, and it says, Mary, beloved of the Lord, highly favored of God. And that was his sister's name. And he knew, and he said, all right, God, that's what I needed. He went down, and he prayed for her to get delivered. And he said, she was in this room, and all the blinds were closed. And he said, when he started to pray, he said he heard this on the inside. You can be forgiven of anything. God will forgive you of everything. She had done something stupid and lived under condemnation her whole for years and years and years and just opened up the door for the devil and he came in and just tormented her mind that she just couldn't be forgiven and she couldn't be forgiven and couldn't be forgiven. And when he said that, she hadn't spoken in a while and said, I can. And uh, she accepted it and he took authority over the thing and her mind came back and there was a... <laughs> I guess a denominational preacher there, and he started freaking out because he's all, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And, and he left the room, and she just, her mind snapped back, and she got up and lived out the rest of her life fine and was totally happy and excited about life. But guilt and condemnation because she had done something stupid. But she didn't know. She needed, she could be forgiven. Well, there was hope for her there, but I'm saying, we're not talking about that, but we are talking about finding the place in the Bible. The best way is not just stick your finger in the Bible. But people have found things. I mean, I, I read a story about a missionary who had found uh, a, a situation he had gotten into. He, before, when I read the story, he was writing, and the story was about before he was a missionary, he had been a pastor, and I guess he didn't just do everything exactly. I guess as the day I tell you that a preacher can cuss and not do everything right, but I'm not planning on cussing and that. But anyway, he literally, he was from Great Britain, and he, he uh, got basically thrown out of his fellowship group and everything, you know, of ministers, and the Lord spoke to him, kind of like Paul. You know, you're, you're going to go, and you're going to see go stand before this king and you're going to testify of me and this guy's thinking great i've been kicked out of my group the ministers don't want me back i've been acting like an idiot so he went to a park and so he went 
And uh, he said, Lord, he, he, these are his words, not mine. He said, Lord, I've made an ass of myself. Can you use me? So he just literally took his Bible, opened it up, and started reading. And he read in Matthew 21, 1, 2, and 3. I'm going to read it from the King James, verse 2 and 3. And he opened it up and he started reading. And it says, saying unto them, because the Lord told them to do something. He said, saying unto them, go into the village over against you, over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if anyone says aught unto you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them. And straightway, he will send them to you. And he read there, the Lord has need of this ass, he said. And he said, it just encouraged me to know that what he said was so. Because he had said, I've made an ass of myself. And he reads a story and he did it. He literally just went, okay. That is not the best way to find hope. You understand? It's not. The best way is the way Jesus did it in Luke 4. Where, you know, and we'll read this verse and, and we'll close. Luke 4, verse 17. How did Jesus, you know, use the scriptures? It's how we should, because here's the thing. So many people look at Jesus and think, well, he's the savior of the world. But if you read the Bible, he actually lived a life of example for us, how we ought to live. And so many people say, well, we can't live like that. But the Bible said he gave us an example of how to live. What did he do? How did, did he just, when he needed to, you know, flip open the Bible and go, ah, uh, there it is. He, look what he did. Luke 4, verse 17, he, he's in the temple, and it said, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and he flipped it open, and it just fell to this place. You want, want to know something? We can have goofy ideas when we're Christians. You, every one of you here. Me, I'm one of you, Okay. I remember when I first read this, and for years, I used to think Jesus just was handed the book, and he just opened it, and it fell right here. I used to think that. I just thought, I did. I used to just think, wow, it was such a spiritual moment. He just went, oh, and he went, oh, <laughs> just like those other guys. I have need of this ass. And it's just the same thing, and he just went, well, and whenever he needed something, he just went like this and opened it, and it just fell there. And I, because it was just, you know, just, it was almost kind of like, you know, my version of Jesus was the pictures with the halo over his head. You know, it just, it was, whoa. But notice what it says in verse 17. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found he found the place where it was written. So he went to Isaiah. This is a big book. And back then, I don't even know if they had the verses in them yet. You know, 60-something chapters, he was pretty familiar with the Scriptures. And he opened it up, and he found it. And he found this place, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel 
so on and so forth. Verse 20, uh, we'll skip down. It says, then he closed the book and gave it back to the, the attendants and sat down. And the eyes of those, all those who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This word that I found is about me. And you need to find what is about you. There's hope in the scriptures about answered prayer, deliverance, you name it. It's in there for you. If you're lost, there's stuff for somebody to be saved. I mean, the Bible covers stuff. But you just need to open it up and find the place it's written. It may work in a pinch, but I am not recommending the old wham, there it is. You know, just let the, the book open and fall to where it will. I'm not recommending that. But maybe it'll work in a pinch. I know the Lord has spoken to me like that. I was in a tough situation one time. Something bad had happened. I had been reading. I even said to the Lord, I don't want to talk to you about this right now. I did. I opened up the Bible, read about three verses, and he spoke to me out of it supernaturally. It covered where I was at, and I went, whoa. And then I closed it and said, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> Truth be told, I've gone back and looked at that verse more than once. He can get you hope for your life by his spirit, by an angel, by Jesus coming. But one way is, if an angel don't come, don't wait. Pray and open the Bible and find what's written that covers your case, and then you can have hope.